The bell's rung, and welcome to another edition of the Icon Showdown podcast. I'm your trusty host, Enan Hennigan. And as we do in this podcast, we determine the best in a creative category. This month of October, um, the year 2019, we are deciding which is the best mainstream horror film of a given year. So today, I'm going to be dissecting 2002's The Ring versus... Uh, 28 Days Later, both exceptional movies, so I think I think it's going to be a showdown and a half. Okay, so let's get started then. Um, of course, as I always do, we break it down in terms of criteria. We have the antagonist, the ensemble, the surviving character, the setting, uh, the deeper meanings that can be found, as well as the fright factor. But we like to start talking about the movie that was released first. So as it turns out, The Ring was um, released in October, October 18th of 2002. And we are going to start talking about the antagonist. The antagonist in this is Samara, at least on the surface. So Samara is ultimately a adopted child who has the capacity to imprint horrific images on those around her um, when she was a human being. Um, after she was brutally murdered by her mother, ultimately um, suffocated, but then tossed down a well where it seems as though she did survive the initial uh, suffocation attempt, she then essentially wasted away of, uh, one would assume, hunger because there was water at the bottom of the well, so you would think she would be able to drink. So in terms of her motivation as a destroyer, I would argue that she... Uh, comes from such turmoil that she likes to see the destruction of that which is content. If you were to think about um, the, the way people are when they're watching a video, specifically um, a videotape at home, a home movie, you're usually in a comfortable spot and you're usually feeling pretty good and secure. So she's there to kind of rip you out of that by busting through that TV that you're so affixed to and to take you down, to ultimately scare you to death, to destroy that sense of comfort. Um, so ultimately, I would argue her motivations are to spread and destroy like a virus of unhappiness and depression um, and ostracism, ultimately. In terms of her aesthetic, uh, I love this long hair uh, that obscures her face. It kind of reminds me of that hairy guy from Looney Tunes. Um, and, and you can see that she's a child neglected and ultimately uh, ruined. Um, one would assume by the forces before she is adopted because it did seem like her mother initially or her adoptive mother initially did really Really want to have a child, um, but maybe not uh, one so corrupted as Samara was. Um, and her pajamas that we kind of see, her like nightgown, I think also speaks to, um, you know, ultimately someone you would think would be in a comfort state that really is in this horrific state. Actually, don't hear any vocalizations from Samara um, as far as, oh, actually, that's not true. When she is on the videotape being analyzed by a psychologist or a shrink, um, we do hear her say that she does have to hurt people and that she sort of enjoys it. Um, so the little tidbit we do get in terms of when she was an actual child, we do get the sense that she's uh, sadistic and innately or has been ruined to the point of that. Um, in terms of originality, I think this is a very original villain. I feel like the idea of a adoptive child who has been so corrupted in the past that they are going to first destroy their adoptive parents and then disseminate that same horror on others uh, through ultimately the means in which she was neglected because as they show in the film ultimately um, when she did start to spook her mom out they kind of put her at the top of the barn on, at the top of this crazy ladder in the attic of a barn ultimately where she is completely ostracized from 
um, her own family, actually. Uh, so I do think there's originality there, and I think the execution of it was also pretty spooky. Um, let's pop over to 28 Days Later, which is actually ranked in the top 100 British films of any genre. So it's going to be uh, quite the competition here. In terms of our antagonist, um, you could argue that it is the rage virus itself, um, which ultimately manifests through the chimpanzees that were being tested on, um, potentially unethically. Uh, here you have an unthinking killer, unlike Samara. Samara actually knows what she's doing. This is more just like a corruptive disease that makes people zombie-like um, in nature. Um, and granted, you could also argue that the antagonists are the military faction that uh, pretends to be a savior. It is really just very selfishly trying to harvest women to breed with to give them a sense of purpose. Um, in terms of the aesthetic of these rage zombies, I love it and that they are the first, well, the first notable fast zombies. I believe it was Day of the Living Dead. You do have fast zombies. Um, back in the, in the late 70s, first portrayed, but not as iconically as in 28 Days Later with these red eyes and the super jerky motions, um, the quick turns that they do and the rabidity that comes off of them, I feel like is very, very um, unique to this movie. Um, and in terms of their vocalization, they sound monstrous. They almost sound like baboons themselves with the screeching. They're ravenous beasts. And ultimately, when you think about the military at the end, they're rapey dudes, which is also um, almost as scary, uh, if not more so. Um, in a different context. Uh, beyond that, when we talk about originality, granted zombie movies uh, had been predominant prior to that, but maybe not as uh, lauded as this one was. This one was given credit that other zombie movies haven't because it touched on um, deeper themes and really had a production value and cast uh, that met that production value. Um, granted, zombies have been overdone, but this is the first where we really got notable fast zombies and a virus that's rooted in man's own scientific overreach. So a lot of similar themes with Jurassic Park in this. In terms of rating them in the pentagram scale as we do, I would say that I'm going to give the ring a four because I'd never seen anything like it before. And I felt like I understood why Samara was doing what she was doing and sort of getting back at those people that were ultimately just using... Um, television as a means of escape when she was ultimately unable to escape down in that well. Um, and in terms of 28 Days Later, I'm going to give it a three uh, because I love zombies and I think it does maybe one of the most effective jobs with zombies ever, but it's still not new in the way that Samara is. So let's talk about the ensemble in the ring. We have uh, um, ultimately a single mother played by Naomi Watts, does a great job in this role. Um, I do find it interesting, her character development over the course of it, and certainly the relationship she has with her baby daddy, um, who she's not married to. Her son sort of knows that that's his dad, but it's never been explicitly told to him. Uh, I get a good sense also of her relationship with her mother, um, as well as the son's depression. While the son might not have a huge arc, I do like what we do get of him. I think very interesting, though cliche perhaps, to see the young kid drawing sort of really scary pictures that are representative of what's going on in his own domestic life. Uh, but I think it's done well, and I think the kid has these really sunken, kind of dark eyes that uh, make you sympathetic of him, but at the same time a little wary of him um, all at once. I do like that her baby daddy, Noah, ultimately does have a girl on the side, and that creates additional tension between them. And it's insinuated at the end that she might pop up there and take a look at the tape, and that's really what's going to save her son at the end by ultimately passing on this curse. That's the only way you're out of 
the curse ultimately is by making a copy of the tape and getting somebody else to watch it. So I did like that she ultimately becomes the victim that's going to be uh, the savior for her son. Um, the kid is uh, ultimately trepidatious about having a shitty father, which I found re really interesting as well. It's like he sort of wants this guy in his life, but he really wants him in his life more for the sake of um, his mother and for her to have like a, a decent, honest relationship that is not wavering in the way that it currently is in the film. Um, so I think there is something interesting going on there between uh, son and father, and less so probably between um, Naomi Watts and Noah's character. Uh, beyond that, in terms of acting ability, I personally think everybody does a good job. Probably the least compelling is Noah, uh, the baby daddy. Um, beyond that, the kid, I, I think, is, is really, really good in this part. And um, even Samara, the little acting that this demoness girl does, she does it well. And the way that she moves, I find very compelling. Um, I thought she was directed uh, well. In terms of diversity, I didn't notice any notable characters uh, that were people of color or any sort of LGBTQ sort of issues brought up during it. Um, so that is kind of a ding as a whole. Um, when we turn back to 28 Days Later and talk about the ensemble there, I do feel like you get a good sense of our main character, Jim, the bicycle courier's life before the outbreak goes down because you do get a sense of where he lived, where his, where his parents resided, his relationship with them. He was... Uh, they were very worried for him to the point where they're like, we hope you don't wake up from your coma because things had gotten so bad in the real world. Um, Hannah, uh, the daughter of Ray Winston's character, is probably the only other character above Jim in terms of an arc where you really see a change in her character going from kind of hapless to accepting and almost kind of embracing the reality in which she's facing despite the loss of both of her parents um and of course the death of her father right in front of her well one can note that we do see a very different hannah at the end because she has been all painkillered up which actually points to what an interesting character selena ultimately is i would have liked to know more about her backstory but selena the love interest is sort of the surrogate mother to hannah after um, even even when her father's still around, she kind of is the only feminine role model that she has. Uh, beyond that, in terms of character development, the only other changes we see is maybe in Major Henry West, um, ultimately the leader of this faction that's trying to lure, ultimately, women to breed with. Major West shifts from an altruistic Harry to kind of a slimy cult leader. Um, is, is fairly compelling, and you do want to root against him after rooting for him to begin with. He did seem like kind of the only civilized of uh, the army brood. Um, in terms of the relational dynamics involved, I, I didn't necessarily buy as much the dynamic between Jim and Selena. It was okay. I didn't necessarily see chemistry that I wanted to see there. I loved the bond between Ray Winston and his daughter. It was really hard to see him go, mostly because of how much it was clear he actually he cared about his daughter. And I, and I thought the way that they kind of bring up uh, the mother's passing and ultimately the creme de menthe that they celebrate upon uh, meeting Jim and Selena to begin with was the mother's. I felt like they had a, they had a touching relationship that I, that I quite enjoyed. In terms of the acting ability in 28 Days Later, there's not really a weak link in the bunch. Maybe a couple of the uh, lesser military guys are a little hammy, not quite hitting the mark. But in terms of our principles... Um, I think everyone hits it on the head. I think Ray Winston is by far the best, followed by maybe uh, Killian Murphy, who is especially good in the first two-thirds of the movie, but then he kind of takes on this Rambo vibe, 
which uh, kind of puts me off from it. And granted, it's very thrilling latter act, but he just did not seem like that Rambo that he becomes. And granted, uh, I guess it makes it makes for a fun end, but it doesn't really uh, go in line with what we've seen of his character prior to that. In terms of diversity, um, you do have the female lead that's a person of color in Selena. Um, well, a British film, there's inherent racism indicated by one of the soldiers when calling her the black one. So there is some interesting things going on um, in terms of acknowledging these cultural uh, divisions. Uh, there is no sort of LGBT anything in 28 Days Later. Um, so if I were to rank them in terms of pentagrams, I'm giving both of these films uh, three. Um, I think both of them are great, but there are uh, some issues in terms of uh, character development as a whole and really getting to know them. If anything, I would say that The Ring does slightly better. I want to give it a 3.5, but her baby daddy's performance kind of brings it down a whole pentagram for me. Um, let's move on to the surviving characters. So the surviving characters in The Ring are ultimately um, the mother and the son, and they survive by sacrificing others, by making a copy of the tape. She doesn't quite realize that until the end, and then she helps her son copy the tape so that he can also stay alive, because uh, when she met Samara in the well, she thought that she had freed her, but in reality, um, she freed her to do more ill, more harm in the world, and her son makes that very clear that Mom, you're not supposed to help Samara out. Samara's not on our team. She's not on anybody's team. She's just looking out for herself. You've done made a huge mistake. So in terms of means of escape, I actually like that they were able to escape through the sacrifice of others, given the, the whole tone and theme of the entire movie. It reminded me of the box a little bit, too. You press that button, you get a million dollars, but somebody else is going to die. Granted, they don't get a million dollars. They don't really get anything out of this in the same way the box does, but at least they walk away with their lives. Um, in terms of those two's acting ability, I think the kid in Naomi Watts obviously is amazing. Ter determination to survive. Um, you could argue that the kid is a little lackadaisical about his uh, valuing of life. I would say that Naomi Watts' desire to live is completely rooted in her adoration of her son. Um, and I think that's part of why you see the father get killed, because he's not as devoted to the son. He's completely selfish, but not to the point where like he values life as much as just not not living living through distraction and escapism so i don't think uh he, he deserved to survive and I'm, I'm glad he didn't and is not one of our final figures here um in terms of the iconic status i feel like naomi watts character in this is someone that people remember maybe the kid slightly less so but i also think he's in the upper echelon in terms of final women i think uh, the means in which she does get out of it is so horrific um, and so sad and her encounter with Samara in the well and the flashbacks that she has and ultimately uh, the whole like Nancy Drew aspect of it and her like searching down the, the reality of what happened to Samara and dealing with Brian Cox who was ultimately the father of Samara, the stepfather of Samara, getting to see him ultimately like murder himself or, or commit suicide via electricity in the bathtub. I felt like she went through so much, uh, specifically when she deals with the horse committing suicide on the boat. My gosh, I feel like that was a moment where she solidified herself as one of um, one of the most memorable uh, final girls. I, I really do. When we talk about surviving characters in 28 Days Later, we have our threesome here with... Uh, uh, Jim, as well as Selena, and then Hannah. Um, I think they're all notable. They're all 
fun to watch. Their means of escape really boils down to the destruction of the army faction. Apparently there was multiple alternate endings for 28 Days Later where Jim does not make it out alive. Of course in this one they all manage to get away from the army compound. They're flying kites at the end and ultimately uh, trying to attract the uh, plane with uh, an SOS signal. So it's a very happy ending. I think it's deserved to a certain degree. Uh, I do think it's contradictory to what has gone on throughout the entirety of the film and how bleak it is. I think it would have probably been a more memorable movie, as hard as that would be if everyone died, maybe except perhaps Hannah having to survive on her own uh, or with Selena, but I do feel like Jim was kind of doomed from the get-go and given that he's not in the sequel, I think it would have been a little more potent if he did kick the bucket. Again, all of their acting uh, abilities were really strong and in terms of iconic status, I do think that Jim's character is super iconic. I do think the way that he does kind of go from the bike carrier to the Rambo at the end is something that people remember. He's able to take out like an entire army faction um, well, as, and it's it's really action-packed, and he does a great job, and he's not necessarily your stereotypical hero in a film um, in terms of his, uh, the way he looks and, and ultimately his bulk and all that. Uh, he's not your normal hero. He's kind of a scrawny bike carrier, so I think, I think he is memorable as a final figure, especially in, in a British film. Uh, I think he does it does it justice. So if I were to rank the surviving characters in The Ring versus 28 Days Later, I would say we have a real icon in The Ring. I'm going to give her a 4, and I'm going to give 28 Days Later a 3.5 on that one. Because I do love the three, but uh, I think Hannah and Jim are a little bit better than what we saw from Selena as a character. Um, let's pop over to settings. We're going to talk about the ring setting. The apartment is very cold. There's a very minimal design. Um, there's gray color schemes everywhere. You don't get a sense that she is really a warm mother. She certainly cares for her son, but you don't get that same sort of like maternalness that you might see in a more stereotypical mother figure, which I actually thought was interesting because she is a working mom and she's she's. She has depth. I, I actually really like this character in that she wasn't cliche. Um, beyond the apartment, what else do we see? We get to see the cabin in which the initial horrors take place. The cabin is ultimately over the well in which Samara was tossed down. This is the cabin where her niece ultimately first finds the video that leads to the domino effect of death. Um, and that cabin is also sufficiently creepy, especially when you see the bolts and the nails from the ground start popping up on their own. Um, and the kid is in school, and the school also has a coldness to it as well. You can tell that he doesn't quite fit in there and that the, the ambience of it itself is not really conducive to him feeling like he's fitting in. Um, so overall, we have a very, very kind of sterile, cold, dark setting um, with uh, colors that, that match that as well. Um, beyond that, in terms of the utilization of space, we, we travel a lot here. And as noted before, the scene on the boat where the horse gets free, ultimately you have this, this amazingly uh, large ferry that's carrying all of these cars to the other side, and you see all these empty vessels. And in a weird way, she's kind of like an empty vessel at this point. But then um, there also has the connection to transport, to moving to the, to the next dimension or the next location. And the, the modality being 
uh, modernized. And ultimately, the antiquated models, which is the horse, right, is now being phased out. When the horse jumps over the fairy's bow, where it's ultimately initially surrounded by all these cars, it no longer um, has a place to live. And we'll get more into that when we get... Um, or a place to have the same sort of meaning that it first did rather than live. We'll get into that more when we talk about the deeper meanings. Um, beyond that in the settings, I did think um, especially the fairy scene had a very unique vibe to it. But of course, as a whole, it's fairly um, standard. We don't really go to that interesting of places with the exception of perhaps um, considering the TV itself as a setting and Samara's ability to crawl out of it and of course she's tossed down the well the barn is interesting as well um, but just the idea of Samara crawling through the TV I think does some really interesting unique things with setting that I hadn't seen before as well as her room at the top of the barn was was very unique uh, ripping away the wallpaper to see the etched tree um, that is ultimately the spot where she had been uh, murdered. Um, when we talk about the setting of 28 Days Later, we pop around London. We ultimately start in the hospital where he wakes up from a coma. I did find it a little odd that he was able to sustain himself um, for God knows how many days of that 28 Days Later in a coma um, after the bike ride. It would seem that he would have needed sustenance that he wasn't getting. It did seem like there was a IV bag hooked up to him, but is that going to last 28 days? I'm not a doctor. I don't know. It just seemed a little little strange that he was able to survive that long. That being said, we do move through London in a very interesting way. We get to see a lot of it. Um, it gives a really kind of stark uh, mood to, to the film as well. It's very like gritty looking um, and sad, bleak. Having been to London, it really did demonstrate the bleakness and the hopelessness um, that I can't deny I felt a little bit when, when I visited the city. Um, so the utilization of the space was great in terms of uniqueness. We've seen London before, maybe not in this expansive a setting. I really enjoyed it when we went up to the high rise where Ray Winston and his daughter lived. Um, and then the military faction was a little bit standard. I love the tunnel scene as well, but again, we've seen tunnel scenes. You go back to uh, what Stallone in, in Daylight. You know, there was nothing visually new there. Um, what is really most significant about this, I feel like, is the rage itself and the way these zombies act and are insatiable in a way we hadn't seen before. Um, in terms of setting, I'm going to give The Ring a two, and I'm going to give 28 Days Later a three. Uh, moving on to the deeper meanings and the ring I really felt like it was harping on the effect of an absent mother on the development of her child uh, she isn't watching him diligently enough to prevent his having seen that video and kind of subjecting himself to Samara's murderous rage um, additionally the intrusion of outside life into family life is depicted via the phone calls that occur after having seen the video the the ringing of the phone calls is very disturbing in this film I feel like uh, this and the focus on the video tape as this ominous force really is speaking to the disconnect that now we've seen that much more with uh, social media and um, handheld phones in everybody's pocket at all times. Um, beyond that, I feel like it does uh, speak to the death of the videotape um, and the rise of DVDs in the same way we talked about the passing on from horse to car. You have um, just a, a, a shifting of modes, pretty much. It also kind of foreshadows the demise of Blockbuster. Um, absentee fathers are also an issue involved here. Selfish dads that make their sons uh, kind of turn to the dark side because of their indifference was something that I also saw going on there. When we think about the deeper meanings in 28 Days Later, one might go to the spread of disease, sexually transmitted disease, the 
Um, overreaching of science, as was noted before. Additionally, the unethical treatment of animals is a huge theme involved, and humans ultimately being uh, destined to destroy the environment in which they inhabit. Uh, there's a certain like uh, self-saboteur aspect to humanity shown within this. But unlike in the rings, you really see a, a profound relationship between a single father, ultimately his wife had passed away, but a father raising his daughter on his own um, and how he is still such a uh, transfigurative uh, figure for her. So were I to slap a deeper meaning on these puppies only because I really like how the ring dissects what is comfort and the disparity between um, the haves and the have-nots pretty much and how ultimately one who has lets their life kind of be squandered through distraction and those who have not ultimately are forced to deal with um, the hardships but are able to ingrain life kind of in the way Samara is able to ingrain life and actually experience it uh, profoundly even if it is uh, to a negative degree. Um, so in terms of giving the pentagrams out in deeper meanings I'm giving the ring of three and 28 days later at 2.5. Um, okay, let's go to the Fright Factor. Uh, the ring, I would say, was fairly scary, especially when it first came out. The opening sequence when her, her niece is killed by Samara, our first introduction to Samara, and ultimately her ex-boyfriend killing himself, too. I felt like really set an ominous tone right off the bat. It put me in a funk. The quality of kills are decent. I like the way that the faces are morphed. Ultimately, when you when people have their picture taken after they've been cursed, the way that their face gets distorted also has a pretty severe fright factor from my perspective. Uh, the sound design and music of the film is also conducive to um, adding a really scary atmosphere for me. Um, beyond that, in terms of the scariest scene for me, I would have to say it is when um, the son has watched the video and she sees it and she realizes that she's she's failed. She's she's not done her duty as a mother. And I know that's not like your normal sort of scare moment, but she sees him dead in that moment, though he still has seven days to live. She sees his death foreboding. To me, that was actually the scariest moment in the Ring. Um, when we talk about 28 Days Later, I thought that's a pretty scary movie too. In terms of zombies, I would say it's top three scariest zombie movies of all times. Uh, there's plenty of kills to go around, and they are pretty graphic. Uh, beyond the quality of kills, the music design of this is actually better than The Ring. Um, this is one of the soundtracks I do own because it is so potent. Um, that you can really kind of imagine what scenes are going on based on the music that is being played and it kind of gets you um, in, in, a, in a spooky mindset to be honest with you. In terms of the scariest scene, one might argue when the father gets the drip of blood and he has to tell drip of blood in his eyeball, uh, drips down when a crow is kind of pecking on a dead body that's infected with the rage, drips into his eyeball, little little bit of blood and then he only has 20 to 30 seconds to pretty much tell his daughter get away from me but i love you it was sad and it was scary to me all at once um because it looks like killian murphy's character is gonna have to kill him granted it might have been a little anticlimactic because that's where we meet our army men and they just shoot him to death um but up until the army men show up i felt like that was one of the more uh freaky scenes beyond that perhaps when poor killian murphy has to murder uh, the boy when they're on the road um, within within the little little shanty bathroom. 
that was also pretty disturbing as a whole. Um, in terms of Fright Factor, what am I giving it? I personally think The Ring has more implications and as a whole probably scared me more. So I'm going to give that a 3. And I'm going to give 28 Days Later... You know, I'm going to give it a 3 too. I think, well, yeah, I'm going to give it a 3 as well. Um, they're, they're scary in different ways. One is more of a foreboding scare. The other is kind of more of a... Uh, like visceral scare uh, but nevertheless they both did sufficiently scare me and I think they made for uh, the best two to show down for 2002 but ultimately the bell has rung we do have a most iconic mainstream horror film of 2002 and it's not by a lot the ring wins the ring is the most iconic of 2002 narrowly beating 28 days later out which is also an exceptional movie you gotta see them both if you've had um beyond that i want to thank you for listening to this edition of the icon showdown podcast we are now 15 episodes running here um so we hope you've enjoyed them as they've popped out if you want to support the podcast please check out my website um, parasociable.com where you can see all of my sort of creative doings. You can also find a link to my novel there about the dream recording industry, uh, Company Dreamer, which is on Amazon as well. And then um, you know what? Uh, tomorrow uh, we will uh, be releasing Computactyl's third album. Um, my music partner and I, Josh Kirkland, we, uh, we're going to release it and it's going to be out there for the world to see. So it should be on all major platforms where music is available. So keep an ear open for that. Uh, but until the next time, as they say in the business, the bell has rung. <laughs>